0: So, as I said, uh, I'm going to invite Rod up uh, in a moment uh, to share his story. Um, but just I thought it would be helpful just to explain a little bit about what we believe baptism is. So baptism is an act of obedience. It is just something that Jesus asks us to do, along with uh, taking the bread and wine. It is a public declaration of something that has gone on in our lives. It is a symbol of Christ's death. Uh, burial uh, and resurrection as rod goes under the water we identify uh, with his death he's under the water his burial and raised to new life uh, as he comes up out of the water it is a sign of new life the old has gone and the new has come and who is it for is for every believer. So I would encourage you that if you haven't been baptised, come and speak to me, come and speak to Mark, come and speak to Chris, uh, and we'd love to arrange uh, a baptism for you. So, Rod, if I can invite you up, uh, give Rod a round of applause. <laughs> and he will just share his story with you. you,
1: you uh,
2: good morning, everyone, and thank you for that. Um, read through my testimony and things will go from there I guess uh, like many people I was christened uh, or in my case baptized being Welsh I've got the certificate here at three mu- <laughs> at three months old I was baptized by my parents um, but that that meant I lacked a conscious faith or understanding uh, and growing up I went to church uh, and Sunday school along with my family in my early teens, I stopped going to church uh, and only attended churches for the usual hatches, matches, and dispatches. Um, and obviously, the obligatory church parades during my time in the armed forces. That said, I've always felt God's presence, as if he was watching over me and keeping me safe. It felt like that uh, advert for Red- ready Breck, if anyone remembers it. It's, it sort of gives you a warm orange glow all, all, all around you. Um, So whilst I've encountered the inevitable storms of life, I have been blessed with so many of God's gifts, which I'm only now truly beginning to realize. When I met and married my dear wife, Sally, our marriage ceremony seemed more than a union, but truly blessed by the Lord. When we were blessed with our first child, Megan, who failed to thrive, but as you can see, if you know Megan, she's done rather well now. These are anxious times for any parent. And these events, both and many others, strengthened and challenged my beliefs. And I started to attend church more regularly with my wife and family. Uh, uh, <coughs> Sally and Megan have been baptized here at Hope. And my son at St. Thomas's in Norwich. So I'm the last of the, if you like, the nuclear family, the four, to, to round it off by being baptized. I'd also mention grandma, who's here, was also recently baptized at Atleboro Baptist Church. Wow. I attended the Alpha course in the Army. Uh, Interestingly, in my experience, many come to faith in conflict and adversity, seeking some kind of higher understanding. I've always felt safe and protected by God, believing Ready Breck was better than combat body armor, which is certainly much more comfortable and readily available. I enjoyed Sunday services when deployed in operations as it gave a structure to your week, and more importantly, a chance to stop, be still, and pray. Being in a war-caught torn country, separated from my family, certainly brought me much more uh, closer to the Lord. Whilst being a regular churchgoer, I have been the worst kind of Christian, a faint or half-hearted one, not being fully committed and only choosing the aspects of the Christian life which fit with my own lifestyle. So it's time for me to change and to up my game. I have worshipped the wrong things and led a sinful life. I have blown hot and cold, often sitting in the shadows, and not openly declaring my faith. So today I will make a public commitment to wipe the slate clean and follow Jesus. I'm often conceited, worry about what people think. So keep my faith largely hidden, choosing who I open up to very carefully, and choose what I say or do as not to make me appear weird or embarrass myself. I am supercilious, I had to look that up, but it actually means you're a little bit arrogant or proud. I have been so competitive in the past as to forget the impact on those around me, making me selfish and unaware of others' needs. I've attended the Alpha course here, supported by Matt and Chris and others of the Alpha team, to whom I'm very much indebted. These made me question my walk with God and realize that I can be so much better than the man I am. I want to follow the Lord's precepts, leading a good, wholesome, and moral life that pleases the Lord. I know I won't live perfectly before God and will fall short, but I'm assured that God will accept my prayers of forgiveness for my transgressions. So today I say goodbye to the old me and welcome with open arms the new me. I ask that those gathered here in the wider church community support me in my new journey with God to be a wholehearted
0: Christian. Thank you. That's truly amazing, isn't it? What a celebration. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brandy. Bless you. So if you'd like to go over, um, is it Matt? It's uh, So guys, if, if you want to go over uh, and see what goes on, uh, I'd encourage you to do that now. Um, Rod, it's been fabulous to uh, just walk with you in Alpha,
3: see
4: the life of God growing in you visibly. Just such an encouragement. Thank you for...
2: Uh, how you described it. So, Rod, do you turn to God? I do. Yes, I do. Do Do you turn from sin? Yes, I do. Do you declare Jesus
4: Christ as the Lord of your life? I do. Then, Rod, on confession of your faith, we now baptise you (laughs) in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
0: Fantastic. Well, what a privilege it must be. Because um, this is Rod's son here. <laughs> what, what, what a joy and a privilege that is. I have the privilege of baptising my daughter. And just that we are a family of believers. Yeah. But there's also the blood family there, and that's just a special moment. So let's just celebrate that. Uh, yeah. So I. Uh, In a few moments, I'm just going to offer the mic uh, to one or two people who may have a a word or a a Bible verse that they'd like to share. But Rod, if I can pray for you uh, first. Father God, we just thank you uh, that you work uh, in different people's lives. Uh, Sometimes there's a journey, and you have never, ever uh, taken Rod out of your gaze. And we just thank you for this celebration this morning, this revelation, this declaration of the commitment that Rod has made to you acknowledging you as his saviour his lord and saviour and holy spirit we pray uh, that there is a fresh anointing a fresh empowering a fresh releasing of of your spirit over rod and in rod's life may he just receive the gifts that you have for him Uh, and may this be a a, a moment uh, of joy and celebration but a new birth of how you are going to use him just declare those truths uh, that you uh, that you have called him uh, and that he is yours and we just pray you for that in your beautiful and holy name Jesus, Amen So does anybody like to share a word or got a Bible reference that they would like to give or even pray for them sorry Sally, yes
1: Thank you um, I was praying this morning for you Rod and I just felt that God said he sees you he knows the courage it's taken over the last ten years he knows how much you've loved him and uh, he, he recognises the compassion you've had for other people, and at times that's put you um, at risk. And he, he sees it, and he wants you to know that. And he says, thank you for all that you are and all that you're going to be. And he gave me this piece of scripture. Um, so it's Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future.
0: Wonderful, thank you. Karen. (laughs) Sorry.
2: Uh, Rod, I now know what you look like. (laughs) I actually meant to go out and finish an estate because I was mesmerized by your statement. We all have those times when we are embarrassed for God, but God, and with the scripture you just be given, wants to tell you you will not be embarrassed. You will not be hiding and other people do the talking. He will give you his spirit so that you are free to preach to share and that you will never be embarrassed on God's behalf. You've inspired me with your statement because I often still think, oh, no, not me today, God, please, somebody else, but actually you said it, it means it for all of us, but he has his eye on you, that you can be that role model for others, the way you just did your statement as a model for us. Thank you for doing that. Bless you.
4: Yeah, Rod, I don't know you either, but I was sensing that God was saying something, just being confirmed. God's saying a scripture from uh, the Old Testament, be bold, be very strong and courageous. And that's a word that he gave, which basically, I've forgotten the prophet's name. Joshua, thank you. <laughs> That's all, dead. <age. laughs> Joshua was told that he would take the ground that God gave him. And I sense that where you've been timid in the past, he's given you courage. And every person that you place your feet in their life, you get involved, you get alongside them, and you speak to them. He'll give you the words, courageous words that will bring life change, that you've experienced
5: to them. Hey Rod. Um, Yeah, a long time ago see but great to see you. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. This isn't about you, it's about Him in you. And he's going to fill you. And what God's speaking to me about is you preaching the gospel. Now, you think, well, you know, I'm a little bit, I'm probably past 40, yeah? But what he's going to do is, <laughs> he's, going, he's, he's going to make the years up. So you say, well, I've, you know, all these years I've wasted. No, no, no. He uses those years. And he's going to utilize those years for other people. Okay? And use that to see many saved. So he's going to use you as a sickle to reap the harvest in time. But he's given you a spirit of rest and peace. Stay in that, okay? Satan isn't happy. Praise the Lord. Amen? And you're going to know that too, but you stand fast, and he will be with you all the way. Remember, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that's for you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful. If
0: if you have got another word for him, uh, for Rod, uh, then do share that with him uh, afterwards. Uh, And Rod, I'd encourage you, perhaps Sally, I don't know Andy if this has been videoed, is it? It is. Uh, Just to write those things down. uh, Because sometimes we sort of, after a season, we forget some of these prophetic words. And it's great to go back to these promises and truths to hold on to. Bless you, brother.
1: Genesis.
0: Genesis 1. In the beginning
1: God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said,
6: Let there be light.
1: And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening
6: and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds multiply on the earth.
1: And there was evening, and there was morning the fifth day.
6: And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the
1: beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said,
6: Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth.
1: So God created man
6: in his own
1: image. And there was evening, and there was morning, the
6: sixth day.
3: Hello, 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 hello. There we go, there we go. Hello everyone. Um, So if you don't know me, my name's Mark. Isn't it good? Just to listen to that and get some, some images behind that, just to look and to see and go, oh, you know what, as you read that and to relate it to uh, kind of like creation as a whole, there's a beauty to that, isn't there? really is a, a fantastic beauty, I love it. Um, God reveals himself through his creation. Have you just let us, He reveals himself through his creation. In terms of my own personal story, I've heard how Rod uh, became a Christian, uh, uh, all that side of things. For me, creation played a part in that. I remember in the summer of 1998, so it's a few years ago now, uh, I I, um, didn't come from a Christian background or Christian family at all. Uh, I knew nothing about Jesus apart from what I'd learned at school, really. Uh, And I um, just happened to be very close friends with a lady who was a young girl who was a Christian, uh, who we spent a lot of time together over the summer of 1998. Uh, But in that summer, I had decided to do the tall ships race, which meant I was going to sail from Plymouth all the way down to Lisbon across the Bay of Biscayne. And I remember as I was sailing across uh, doing a night watch, so, you know, 3 a.m. in the morning, something horrendous like that, no other ships around, just us, middle of the ocean, looking up and just seeing the expanse of their heavens over me. It was incredible. I don't know if you've ever seen the stars with no light pollution, but it isn't twinkly white lights. There's colors and blues, and uh, it's absolutely incredible. It, it blew my mind, and I think something was happening in me, at that stage, I mean, we wouldn't say, yes, I fell on my knees and became a Christian right there, but there was just something stirring in me at that point about, oh my goodness, there is more here than we can ever get our head around, and just seeing that filled me with wonder. I then did the Alpha course, yay Alpha course, (laughs) and... uh, I remember sitting in my little room uh, in Loughborough, and the stu- you know my room was about this this kind of bit of the stage here with a bed and a desk. That was it. And sitting there and repenting and turning away from I, my old life and saying, you know what, I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. He's going to run my life from now on. He's my Lord from now on. And I do believe that He died and He rose again. Uh, that was that moment. I did that was there. I then uh, I had an amazing spiritual encounter with God, and then I had a little walk. Through the beautiful creation that is Loughborough, for those of you, has anybody been to Loughborough ever? Yeah, a beautiful creation is not really the words we use to describe Loughborough, is it? no. So anyway, I walked through a little park, and I remember walking through this park, and there was a, a tree that was still uh, still had leaves on it, and I, no, I stood there for about ten or fifteen minutes looking at this leaf. Because I was just filled with such wonder over the creation of God, my my like the lenses and my eyes had been taken away, if you like, and I just stared at this thing. I was just anybody walking past must have thought I was on something, but it was just that sense of wow, there is so much here. And when we just walk around and see creation like that, it jumps out at us. God says, "Hey, look, here I am." Here I am, this is mine, I made this. And this series in Genesis is to try and give us that kind of original plan, if you like, that original design intent that God came up with. There is something he said he did there, which says, look, this is what was to be good. We're gonna look at that later. It was very good, he says. This is what I made. And one day, one day all the way over here, as Matt was reading from Revelation, we're gonna see a new heaven and a new earth And that's going to be very good as well. We live in this bit in between where we live in a fallen world, a world which is polluted by man's sin, polluted by what happened. And we'll be hearing about that with John Wilfrey in a couple of weeks in terms of the series in Genesis and what happened there and why it is the way it is. But the original plan and the thing that's going to happen at the end, those two things are connected. So it's good to look at the original plan. It's good to look at the the schematics, if you like, and what, what happened there. Now, as we're looking at this starting place, as we've read that particular... That particular uh, thing, I'm going to just pad. The guys are giving me this. Keep going, keep going, keep going. It's fine. We can work through. So there's this whole uh, this whole thing that we can look at in Genesis 1 one to 3 specifically and get caught up in the science of it. And I touched on that last week. But this whole thing of, oh, well, is it seven days of creation, seven periods of time? I don't care, if I'm honest. But I do know this. God did it. If he chose to do it in seven days, he could do it in seven days. For me, seven periods of time is easier to kind of grasp but right now it's that that sense of actually wow he's the one who created it so I want to pull out some things that he did because I think what he's doing here is he's revealing something of himself in Genesis that's the important part of Genesis 1 uh, through to kind of Genesis 2 that's what he's doing he's revealing himself and these are the things that he does these actions in creation the first one is this he speaks he speaks. God speaks. You know, God could have just gone everything. Bang. Just like that. Could have, could have done it like that. The fact that he chose to speak over every part of creation is quite interesting. One day, when we get the new heaven and the new earth, it's going to appear in the twinkling of an eye. So it's not like he has to do it the specific way. It's just that he chose to do it that way. He's revealing something of himself. And when he spoke over everything, he is speaking. And what he's doing here is communicating, not only just saying in an authoritative way, let it be so... There's actually a prophetic element to this. Now, I don't know about your understanding of prophecy, but probably with regards to the prophetic, we think about it as foretelling the future only. Kind of like what's going to happen. That's what prophetic is. But actually with prophetic, there's actually an aspect of it where it is calling something into being as well. Just to, just put some weight on all the prophets amongst us. <laughs> but there's that sense of actually God is bringing something about When you bring that, it's almost a creative deal when we prophesy because that's what God is doing here in the Hebrew. He's bringing that kind of prophetic side of things. And that's why it's important when we're thinking about creation versus, hooray, versus the theory, the theory of evolution, not evolution itself, but the theory of evolution, we have to say, no, that cannot be so. It's not just random. This is God speaking. It's him bringing something about How he did that is open to interpretation, but he is the one who speaks and he's the one who brings it into being. Hebrews 11.3 says, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. God brought it about. That's, That's what we say. Whether you want to say that took millions of years or thousands of years or hundreds of years, doesn't really matter. But it's he who brought it about. And then what he does also is that he calls something something. He says what it's going to be. He names it in uh, 1, 2, and 3. And there is an authority in naming. How many people here either have or in the past have named their car or motorbike or something? Yeah, hand, hands up. Okay. I did. I had an MGB when I was younger and, and its uh, license plate was uh, L123RVL. That was my license plate, and I called it Orville, because it was green. For those of you who remember Orville the duck, and uh, you have to be a certain age for that one. Um, and uh, this, this little thing. Now, what is going on when we name inanimate objects? I think it's this, particularly cars, we're trying to gain some control over them. That's what we're doing right there, okay? So <laughs> when, you, when you have absolutely authority, when you create something, you na- get to name it. You know, when Steve Jobs invented Apple and the iPhone and all the other things that he did, he got to name them. They were his. They were his creation. I know as parents, when we name our children, there's such a weight of responsibility. Well, wow, what do we get to call them? What should we do there? Have we made any mistakes with the initials that spell out something silly? You know, it's that, that kind of stuff that we kind of play with and kind of work with. But this is, this is that whole deal that there is an authority that God has. He is saying, that is mine, and I'm calling it this. So he's naming his stuff. So when he speaks, he said and he names. Next, he acts. There is not a passive nature to God in creation. He doesn't kind of like let it go over there like some of the other creation stories you might read about in ancient history. No, no, God says, no, this is, I'm actively involved. He's acting in it. He's actually doing something. And the first thing he does is he separates He separates, so he he takes light and he takes darkness and he separates them out and he says that's light, that's dark. Now what's interesting with light and dark is that with regards to light, that gets called good, darkness does not. You see in in the Bible and all the way through, light is connected with goodness, with salvation, actually, with a whole deal of kind of God's goodness being poured out into it. Light is connected to that. Darkness, on the other hand, is connected to chaos. So what is Jesus called? He's called the darkness of the world. No, 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 no. He's called the light of the world. What are we? We are children of light. As Christians, you are a child of light because God has said that's what you are you are good you are in this place there is that whole aspect to it light and dark are separated you know God doesn't like separation but with regards to creation some things have to be separated out so that that is not there it doesn't say it's not good it just says hey this is good so that's where we're at on that front point, point of view he then sets things in place as well. So under this actions thing is things, as well as separation, he sets. He says, that is there. So he puts the sun and the moon in the sky. He sets them in place and says, that's where they go. He puts them in their place. Um, uh, when I put a picture up at home and put the, the nail in the wall and then hang the picture up, Sometimes a door may be slammed in our house for some reason or another. Um, I'll let you work out who that might be. But um, as the door is slammed, the picture can fall off. But when God puts something in place, it does not go anywhere. He puts that in place. Now, why is that important with regards to light and darkness? Well, if we think we are children of light, once upon a time, we were ruled by the spirit and power of darkness. But when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and Lord as Saviour, what he does is that he puts you in the light. He says, that's where you are now. Now that brings some security because that's God putting something in place. He has placed us in that place. He has put those things in the same way that night and uh, day are separated. He's put those in that place. So we are now put in that place as well. Next, I know we're going at pace, we've got lots to do. God fashions. He fashions things. So, first of all, he makes in this instance. He makes things. Day four, he made the sun and the moon. He made the beasts of the earth. He fashions them. And what this word has, it's kind of that sense of um, working it, making it in certain ways. Went to Cadbury World last year. Gotta love that place. If you love chocolate, although I felt sick after a little while, um, not through eating it, I like, hasten to add, but there's this whole place you can watch them fashioning the chocolate. They kind of take the ingredients, the raw ingredients, fashion it together, mix it together, make it, do all the funny spatula things that they do, and eventually it then gets poured into the mould, and then the mould is decorated to be this wonderful creation that you then eat as quickly as possible. So there's all this effort goes into just the consuming of chocolate. But anyway, that's, that's what they do, and it's amazing to see the craftsmanship in it. But with God, when he's doing this crafting he is forming and working in that but it's not that he just makes it he also creates it that's what it says in this passage it says he creates God creates so it's like I suppose the chocolatier actually just creating the materials for chocolate out of thin air and going here we go there you go chocolate and then forming it and fashioning it together but as as well as that creation has this element of um artistic flair to it God never runs out of ideas do you know that he never gets writer's block there is no problem for him that cannot be solved I know some artists have struggled and wrestled with things for years and years and years trying to create and do that but God no he never has that he never ever has any element of that he is infinitely created even when he made man in his own image He wasn't doing that because he'd run out of ideas. (laughs) He's doing that because man is special. Humanity is special. And so that's what he's doing there. Next, God sees. This has that sense of almost deep perception to it. This word, God sees. He has a deep um, sense of looking at things. It's almost like um, a bit of a review. It's staff reviews in the office uh, there at the moment in terms of different staff and, and saying, well, they, that staff love reviews. I don't know what your view on them is. You know, <laughs> whether you're like, yes, another staff review, woo. Uh, but these, this is what's going on. So it's like, well, what's gone well and what hasn't gone so well. I, I don't think it's like all the angels were around God and there was like, you know, a peer of view going on kind of thing it's not like God saying well have a look at uh, the Moraine Lake in Canada that's a bit special that's a bit nice voted the most beautiful place on earth you guys been there it is is, like just like that yeah yeah beautiful here we go so uh, uh, it is the most beautiful place. so you can say God saying yep look at that one that's a bit nice that is that's a good one and then maybe one of the angels going Lord I can't help but raise the issue of platypus or platypi Ah, oh, they've got an R in meeting one. You lot you lot hard. <laughs> you know, platypus, what are they all about, God? You know, they've got beaks. Are they a mammal? They lay eggs and they're poisonous. Are you sure you knew what you were doing there, God? And God goes, Yes, I do. Because when he saw everything, he makes a proclamation. He says, It's good. So everything God does, he cannot improve, he cannot get better. Everything he's done is good. It's good. His creation is good. We're going to look at that in a moment in a little bit. And then, point five, he finishes. He's finished. There are no half jobs done with God. He completes stuff. If it isn't complete, he will complete it. I don't know uh, what your houses are like, whether you have the odd job that hasn't quite yet finished, you know, that kind of thing. Tax returns are due in about 20 days, just to let you know. Um, There's this whole whole thing that actually we we complete jobs or we we struggle to complete jobs. But God never, ever does not complete something. He's not sitting there wondering if something's going to get finished or not. He will complete it. It also means, because he has finished, that everything we need for survival is in creation. You think about all the things that have been discovered in the last, well, the last hundred years, let alone the last half a millennia. I mean, it's extraordinary, isn't it? But God isn't surprised by that. It's part of his creation. When Steve Jobs came up with the iPad, God was like, Oh, you've discovered it at last, have you? And then he looks at us using it and goes, Oh, why are you using it like that? But you know, this is this is a deal. You know, there's nothing that's outside of creation that is we don't need This It's all there. He has finished from that point of view. And then he rests. God rests. Literally, this means to desist. Stop. I remember Sunday shops closing. Does anybody else remember that? You know, that, that kind of phasing where you'd go out and you'd think, oh, I'll just go and get no, I can't, it's Sunday. But there was something beautiful about that, because it kept a pattern to our lives. Now, with regards to the Sabbath and Sundays, I think what has happened is sometimes we think that is just about resting. But God doesn't say it's just for rest. He says, I'm going to bless it, and I'm going to make it holy. So it's about stopping your weekly activities, but then going, you know what? I'm going to put my attention on God for that day. It's a special moment. That's why church on a Sunday is important. Because there's that sense of, you know what, I'm going to put him first again. Sunday's the first day of the week for a good reason. Because it's saying, hey, this is God. This is his. It's not ju- it's just about resting. It's about making it holy. It's not that you have to have a nap. Somebody said to me, can I take a nap as an application of your preach this afternoon? I said, yeah, no, go for it. That's fine. But you know, there's, a, there's a sense here of... Wow, making this a holy day, separating it out from the week, because it is, it's different. God has done something with Sundays, orientating our week around him. And then, last but not least in this whole thing of his activities, is that we see God blesses. You know the word blessing in the Bible is always used for multiplication. Always. It's used for the multiplication of crops. So if you bless, you get more crops. If you're blessed, you get more animals and livestock. If a nation is blessed, it has greater borders or greater wealth. There is a blessing that gets poured out, and it's always used for multiplication. And all the way through Genesis, we have this whole element of blessing, whether it's over animals, mankind, Adam, Noah, or the patriarchs. It is just there. Loads and loads of times. Now, I'm going to give you a stat here, which is the only thing you're going to remember from this preach. Nothing else will matter. This is the one, okay? There are 12 billion more chickens in the world than humans. There you go. That's the only thing you're going to remember from this, isn't it? 12 billion more chickens than humans. There is a multiplication that has happened with chickens. They are fulfilling God's command to multiply and and be blessed. There are also, another stat for you, 10 quintillion insects. Estimated. I don't think somebody's counted them. I don't think that's. But uh, just uh, the Smithsonian Institute, is estimated 10 10 quintillion. That's um, a 10 with 18 zeros after it. Okay? I guess what we would say is success, the Bible calls blessing. That's interesting, isn't it? We kind of say, well, that's success. No, 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 that's blessing. That's what God is doing. I don't know if you've noticed this, but in my emails and in my telephone conversations, uh, in meetings even, I will try and use bless you or blessings as the finish point. Now, that's not flippant. I mean it. I'm saying, hey, bless you. I want the blessing of God to be on you because blessing is more powerful than anything else. When you bless something, you are blessing it like God blessing it. And so that will change, that situation, that person will be blessed. So there's this sense of we can do that, we have that authority, we can bring blessing in situations. That's crazy, isn't it? (laughs) The blessing of God over that. Am I just saying, well, I'm going to bless you so you get more money or more crops or more livestock? More livestock might not bless some of you. But anyway, you don't want me to say this. No, no, no. But there is a blessing that comes out of multiplication. So when we're talking about us in terms of multiplying, yes, there is a blessing on man to multiply as in have children. But there is also a blessing on us to multiply in terms of how to see other people come to know Jesus. And seeing that blessing being poured out over all the earth. And the more Christians there are, guess what? The greater God's blessing. So there's this sense of what, what mankind is meant to do what's meant to have happen there. Now, after all that, God turns around and he makes another proclamation and he says this. He says, all of this is very good. It is very good. Not just good, very good. Now, when we think of goodness, we can kind of think of fit for purpose, nice. You know, those kinds of phraseologies. But what God is doing here and stating it is very good. He is revealing something of his nature and his character. He's saying that there is revealing something of me and it is very good. You see, creation is proof of his nature. Just as I stood bewildered at that leaf, we can stand bewildered at nature and creation around us and go, wow, God is here. He cares for us. He loves us. And he is revealing himself to us. Bear Grylls says this, he says, For me, to be able to climb big mountains with a person I feel has made these mountains is a huge privilege. Just think about that for a moment. For me to be able to go for a walk in the woods with a person I feel has made those woods is a huge privilege. For me to uh, walk through uh, a field or up a a hill or, or next to a river with a person who has made that, that's a huge privilege. For me to be around other people who are made in the image of God is a huge privilege. We don't have to climb a mountain to be with God, it's okay. Every part of creation. I did toy with the idea of getting everyone outside at this moment to go and look at the sky and say, look, when I walk under the sky, I get to do that with the person who made it. Isn't that a huge privilege? But I knew if I got you all out there, you'd never come back, so that's fine. (laughs) Psalm 136, 3-9 says, Give thanks to the Lord of Lords for his steadfast love endures forever. ...to him who alone does great wonders for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who made the great lights for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day for his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule over the night for his steadfast love endures forever. When we look at all of God's creation, we can say his steadfast love endures forever. It is proof of God's love. When we just walk along the street. This whole creation that was there was very good. And we know one day the new heaven and the new earth is going to be very good as well. We've got a promise of something happening. And in this bit in between where this world has been polluted by man's sin and stupidity... We get to see God at work and still see the revelation of his goodness in that place. We get to be active participants in seeing creation restored to what it should be with the full knowledge that one day it's going to be very, very good. Isaiah 65, 17 to 18 says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. We look forward to the day when God will restore his creation fully. And all the things which aren't good will be restored to being very good. And then last, the implications for us. And that's this. That we are made in his image. There is something unique about humanity. There is something unique about man. Just to say that the, the, way, the reason I say man is because the Bible uses the word Adam with a little a to, to call man, man. And it encompasses everyone. So not being sexist, just saying that's what the Bible uses. That's where we're going. So, so in his image. But God made man, male and female. He made them. So we know that there is something in this which is very spe- special. And just like my children are like me. Well, all the good bits anyway. There's... Um, there's, a, uh, there's something about us as children of God where we are like him. And we get to do the things that he does. So in his creation, he speaks, he acts, he fashions, he sees, he finishes, he rests and he blesses. We are made in the divine image and we are the divine image of God. We're not meant to be imitators of it. We are the divine image of God. So I don't know what your self-image is like, but you are the divine image of God. That's not to say you are God, but you are his image-bearer. You are amazingly special. And that has an impact on how we view ourselves, how we view other people, and even how we view life and death itself. Because we're made in his image. There is something very special about man. For us as Christians, I think something even more special. Because we've been made regenerate, we've been brought into relationship with God. Our spirit is changed. The fleshy bit outside hasn't quite yet finished, but the bit inside has And so we know there's something very different about us. And therefore, when we come into situations, we can bring change to those situations. We can be the most creative people out there. You can finish jobs. (laughs) You're able to rest and not worry that loads of stuff will go past you. You're able to orientate your life to put God as holy. You are able to speak into situations and see them change. You are able to bring blessing into situations and see blessing flow out. You are able to do all of these things because you are in his image. Man is very, very special. I have given you, is what God says to man. There is a personal relationship there that doesn't with the rest of creation but we do have on ourselves and two very key instructions in Genesis 1.28 be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion fruitful and multiply we've covered being a blessing to people blessing situations that you go into when you speak over something when you speak blessing over it you are prophesying that it will be that you might have to do that a few times or it might happen straight away but you can do that you can bring that blessing into that place But then there is this other aspect, which is the subdue and dominion and rule. So when we're here, we have a responsibility to rule over situations and bring his kingdom and his rule into that place. I find it interesting that um, naturists... No, naturalists... (laughs) just seeing if you're awake there. <laughs> I remember, this is crazy. So I've got side foot. So we're walking, the reason, I'm going to tell this story, the reason that we were, um, we were walking along, and um, I wonder if I did that on the video, I'm one. Anyway, so we're walking along through Sheringham Park, which is very beautiful, and Josiah said to me, he said, isn't it good that we're all naturists, dad? Just as a couple walked the other way, <laughs> they cracked up. I was like, no, just, oh, we are naturalists. Um, so David Ephraim, naturalist, not a naturist. That's an image you do not want in your head. Anyway, that's there. So naturalists will say we are responsible for looking after our planet. That's kind of like the message, isn't it? Kind of saying you, But if you think about that, well hang on, if they believe in the theory of evolution, well actually the logical conclusion is that you don't need to do that because why should I care if there are snow leopards? All they're going to do is eat me. So actually what David Attenborough and all those kinds of people who are naturalists here are is that they are appealing to this dominion and rule thing that as Christians we are meant to do. We are meant to look after this planet well. But there's more to it. It's not just about making sure everything's okay. It's actually saying we are meant to bring God's kingdom and rule into that place as well. So this is what our job is. This is what we have. We have a delegated authority to do that. As Spider-Man was told, with great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) To quote Stanley. We have incredible authority. Man has been built in such a way as to have that rule. And Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth is mine. Now go and make disciples. Wow. There is so much we have. I want to finish by blessing you guys. Because blessing has power. And I want to pour that over you. And I think God wants to speak... Use that to speak into situations that you're facing, but also to convince you that you have that authority and power to go. So can we all stand together? Let's all stand. Let me pray for you. Let me bless you. And then you're going to do some blessings as well. All right? So, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you so much that you are a God who cares you are still active in creation you haven't finished in one way although you have finished but you've not you're not no not not doing anything I look to the cross as evidence of that and look to the promise of new heaven and new earth that will that'll be that one day but right now Lord I thank you that we have just such a security in you and knowing that you have built this planet in such a way I thank you, Lord, that we carry such great authority as well, Father. I thank you that we can bring blessing into any situation we're in, that we can almost speak your words over people and see your creative power in that. So, Father, I just release that blessing over us this morning. I release blessing over everyone here. Just a blessing of God for seeing multiplication and increase. I see blessing being poured out over you in terms of your situations, you know, your finances and the stuff that you have, because that's what God does. He blesses. But he also says, I'm going to bless you with some more responsibility as well. (laughs) Because that's what he does. He says, here you go, have some more of this. And I just pray blessing over you in terms of seeing more people come to know Jesus, that you would all be amazing fathers and mothers of people who don't know Jesus yet. So I just release blessing over you. If you don't know Jesus here this morning, you're just going to see people come to Jesus because of who you are. That might annoy some atheists. But anyway, so I'm just going to release blessing over you right now in the name of Jesus. And what I'd love you to do now is just put your hand on the person next to you, and I'd like you to bless that person. So I'm going to lay hands on people, so you might need to move around a little bit, okay? And just bless the person next to you, okay? Make sure there's nobody standing on their own. That's good. We're all good this side, that side. You haven't to move around lots, but this side, that's good. So just blessing, pour out blessing over them. Yeah, just bless that person with your best prayer. Oh, Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, bless, Lord. Thank you, bless.
0: Thank you, Lord. Blessing over that, Lord Jesus. Jesus.
3: Once you've blessed the other person or the other people we pray with, I want you to think about a specific situation that you want to see blessed. I'd like you just to just to bless that. Just say, Lord, I want you just bless that situation, change that for good, change that to reveal your goodness. Thank you, you, Lord. You do change things, Lord. Thank you, Father. You pour out blessing.
6: Mm, Thank you, Lord.